0: Good morning, Grace Hill family. My family and I are taking extra precautions this morning. Uh, we found out on Saturday afternoon that we had been directly exposed to someone with COVID. And I told Kelly, I just don't wanna do anything that might cause one of you guys to be put in jeopardy about spending uh, Christmas with your family. So I'm recording this on Saturday night and we're joining in with you from home on Sunday morning. Let me ask you a question. What is your favorite story? maybe it's one that a family member told you or something that happened to you one time and it's hilarious and you just love telling it to people maybe your favorite story is from a movie or a book one of my favorite stories is how my grandparents on my dad's side of the family eloped Uh, It's such a funny story. Papa Grand pulled up on his mule at the start of the singing at the church that my grandmother was going to and Mama Grand hopped out the window onto the mule. They rode to town and right then and there they got married by the justice of the peace. You know, we all have our favorite story. And those of us story. The story that transcends all time and the story that brings us hope against all odds. A story that begins at the beginning of time and is still being experienced today. You know, we're in a series called Hope Against Hope, the Christian hope when human hope is at an end. This season of Advent, we have been studying the hope that only comes through Jesus. I would encourage you to go back and listen to the last two weeks on the podcast. You can listen at gracel901.com slash listen. You see, the story we have gives us hope. Not because life always works out, not because circumstances are never hard, not even because we know the right things we should or shouldn't do in life. The story we have gives us hope because we know the beginning, we know the middle, and we have hope for the future because we know the ending as well. Today, very briefly, I want us to take a look at this story and maybe, despite our current circumstances, we can find hope. I wanna invite you to stand for the reading of God's word this morning. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people, and he will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain all these things are gone forever and the one sitting on the throne said look I am making everything new and then he said to me write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true and he also said it is finished I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end to all who are thirsty I will give freely from the springs of the water of life All who are victorious will inherit these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Revelation 21, 1 through 7. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, this is the future, a new heaven, a new earth, God being with his people, living among his people. Our future is no more tears, no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying or pain. And there will be one sitting on the throne forever, and that one is King Jesus. You see, hope is anticipation for the future. John is writing the book of Revelation to followers of Jesus while he is in exile. Revelation is written some 20 years after the siege on Jerusalem. And by now, a new generation of followers of Jesus was beginning to find their way into the church's future. Revelation is a warning to those to guard their true allegiance to King Jesus and not get cozy with the empire. And Revelation is a promise that despite how bad it may feel and be right now, we have future hope in what is to come in King Jesus. John begins this final section by taking these ideas that had long been prophesied and reminding us all of the storyline. Isaiah writes, look, I'm creating new heavens and a new earth, and no one will even think about the old ones anymore. Be glad, rejoice forever in my creation, and look, I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. The psalmist writes, Long ago you laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will change them like a garment and discard them. But you are always the same. You will live forever. You know, even Peter was drawing hope from this day for this day to come. He says this, but we are looking toward the new heavens and new earth he has promised, a world fill, filled with God's righteousness. But you may say, you know, this sounds all well and good. This is a nice story, but but this is the future. How, how do we know this is real? How can we really trust this? Here's what I want you to hear this morning. We can trust what God will do because we know what God has done. You see, God has been restoring humanity back to Him since brokenness entered creation. Throughout the Old Testament we see the story of God being told in the middle of exile, in the middle of war, in the middle of what may have felt like hopelessness. Many times we see that when human hope is at an end, God's people in the Old Testament reminded themselves of the story of God's rescue to the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt, that he parted the Red Sea, he carried them through the wilderness, he provided for them time after time, and finally brought them into the promised land. And the story we find in the Old Testament is the story that continues to be revealed in the New Testament with the Messiah, the great into the wilderness. Jesus was tempted with power, provision, and providence. Jesus went to the cross and became our rescue into not a geographic promised land, but into the promise of being with God. John records in John 1, so the word became human or flesh. And made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Paul summarizes this climactic drama of the story in Galatians. He says this But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. This is the story. This is the story we draw hope from. You see, you and I are living in the middle of the story. We are experiencing God's rescue plan for humanity. Hope becomes the anticipation for the future because we are experiencing God's right story right now. You see, we can trust what God will do because we are experiencing what he is now doing. Fleming Rutledge says this, It is God, not human beings, who will have the last word. God's final triumph over evil does not depend on your success in overcoming sin and death. If it did, we would truly have no hope. You know, I think about all the people we interact with each and every day. Some of them whose backs fill up against the wall. They feel like someone has failed them or they themselves feel like a failure because life has just been hard and they're trying to find hope. And I think that about the hope that we carry. This story of hope that is anticipation for the future because we can trust what God has already done in in this story. And I just wonder church family, are we really living in the reality of that hope? Are we embracing the hope that comes from the story of Jesus? This Christmas, as the pandemic rages on, as turmoil at home and abroad is highlighted every day for us, as your friends and family struggle through what may feel like another disappointing season, in these moments where hope is desperately needed, as humanity struggles to find hope, I want to remind us today that hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. And I want to invite you to consider three things this morning. Number one is this follow Jesus. Find your hope not in people, places, or things, but in Jesus, the one whom right now we're celebrating. Scripture says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that that is in fact where we embrace our rescue and find hope in Jesus. Number two is this, point others to the story. You will have a perfect opportunity this next week to convey the story of hope you have in the story of Jesus. You will find yourself in conversations where the tone could turn to despair. And I wanna encourage you to recall the story of King Jesus to yourself and to others. And the third thing is this, here's something I know and I've experienced this recently in my life. Even when we know the story, sometimes we can struggle for hope. Sometimes we, we, we can feel like the dark is just heavier than the light. And I want to encourage you this morning to not walk this alone right now in this season. If you find yourself in that spot, well, our team of elders, our, our prayer team, they would love to be able to pray with you this morning. They would love to be able to meet with you this morning and shoulder that burden with you as you struggle and find and wrestle through hope this season. I would love to pray for us, and then we're going to continue to remember Christ through the Lord's Supper and Advent this morning. Let's pray together, Father. Thank you for the story. Thank you for the story that is being written and that has been written since time began. Thank you that we don't have to trust in uh, horses or chariots or or anything that the psalmist says. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. Thank you that our hope does not come in in circumstances. Thank you that our hope does not come and how good we feel we are at life, but our hope comes from Jesus. And I pray this morning for everybody that's watching or listening to this message today. I pray that they would put their ultimate confidence in Jesus, that they would put their hope in him and that they would come to terms with the fact that Jesus is just better and the hope that comes from him is just better. We love you. I pray that as we enter this week, where we're going to celebrate Christmas and it's going to be busy, I pray that we would have the margin in our lives to reflect on this hope and to point others to this hope that we have and the story of King Jesus. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Grace Hill Podcast. We really hope you found this message compelling and inviting. If you'd like to connect with someone to find out more about Grace Hill Church, or maybe discuss this episode or something else about life or faith, please don't hesitate to reach out to us directly at gracehill901.com. We'd really love to connect and discuss anything with you. And please remember, you matter.